<laughs> All right. So if I keep my mic near my face, there we go. So everybody can hear those smooth, sultry, smoky sounds of my voice. Yeah, man. Get in there. Let that microphone know what you think of it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, hi, guys. Uh, welcome to today's Stoner Point Podcast. First, I guess, mini-sode. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Rich. I'm Mike. We are... Nice to see you, folks. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm sure uh, our, our guy in Brussels, you know, he's spreading it around out there. So, awesome, awesome. Uh, we got a plural that we got folks in Brussels now. Well, yeah, well, you know, I, I put them all under under his head. That's that's his little cell, you know, yeah. <laughs> or hers. I really have no idea. They, <laughs> yeah, theirs. There you go. All right, so we were going to do an episode, a full episode on rampage killings and uh, mass shootings, and. We started to look at it, and we saw that the list is of ones to talk about are so so long. And even if we tried to narrow it down to we think what we thought were the most historical ones, like the ones that really kind of mattered, um, the ones that you know shaped where we're at, it yeah, you still need two hands. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it was a big one. It there there be we we'd be on here for like eight hours. So what we're at gonna least. Do, is we're going to break some of them down into uh, we're going to do little individual ones, and then we're going to do our main our our main few that we wanted to talk about and a discussion on our full episode for this uh, subject. But today we're going to start with the Utah Prisoner of War massacre. Oh yeah, Midnight Massacre. Right. I think that's actually like why did they stop giving them dope ass names? <laughs> you know, I know, right? <laughs> that is a dope ass game. I would, I would play that. I would play that video game. Uh, I, I would download that on Xbox today. The Midnight Massacre. Of course, the uh, <laughs> subject matter was. Oh, speaking of video games, there was actually a, a video game f- about this called a. Uh, I want. Th- I, th- I think it was called Hatred. But it was like a PC only game. You can still get it on Steam. But basically, you're a mass shooter. And you're like going around like building office buildings and <laughs> whatnot with a with a shotgun and it, it was interesting. It was a pretty controversial game and it was actually kind of wicked, man. I, I played it for a little while just to say I did. I believe it was called Hatred. Anyway, that was way off topic. Uh, Utah Prisoner of War Massacre, or also headlined as the Midnight Massacre. One happened in 1945, July 8th. There was a prisoner of war camp in uh, Salina, Utah. Right? Uh, there were. I had the numbers right here for how many people were there. There were, uh, let's see, about 250 Germans. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 250 Germans, and most of them came from uh, North... Actually, they all came North Africa. Uh, they were prisoners of war that we had taken or conquest in Tunisia, trying to take them back from the Italians and the, uh, the Germans. And during World War II, uh, Private Clarence Bertucci, right? He, uh, he joined the United States Army just before Pearl Harbor. And, you know, he got all gung-ho, and he wanted to go to, work, go to war. And they sent him to England with an artillery unit 
but he could never get promoted. Like the he was the little engine that just fucking couldn't. Uh, he had a discipline problem. That's all. I I couldn't find anything. I was, I was gonna say was. I think it'd be more like wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, the little engine that wouldn't. He was he, he was kind of like uh, it was just your all around fuck around fuck up. You you know. But at the end of the war, he didn't really see any action, and uh, he w- he was un- unsatisfied with his tour. He said he felt cheated out of his chance to kill Germans. He was also quoted saying, "Someday I will get my Germans. I will get my turn." So he he had some uh, he had he had some germophobia there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Did I did there? Um, <laughs> and. While he, he was saying all this, nobody had any idea what he was going to do. I was 23 years old when he did it. Um, and the night that it happened, he's out drinking and, you know, all around still being a fuck up. This is uh, July 7th, so the war had actually ended, but still had prisoners. And it's fucking weird to think that there's prisoner of war camp in fucking Utah. Like,. You think they there got- were hundreds of them all <laughs> over the nation, bro? Dude, um, one of the things no I pulled up was that uh, we'd actually been taking over the prisoners of war from England because they were running out of room. It's yeah, I had no idea. I mean, I knew we had like internment camps for the Japanese, but until this, I had no idea that we had like prisoner of war camps all over the United States. <laughs> and and the ones in Utah, it's like there's. Did they have? Did they have Mormons? Like, did like Mormons? Yeah, come? I, <laughs> yo, man, dude, that 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 puts a knot in the pretzel. There's <laughs> Mormons coming out there with their little German to Mormon translation books. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he was. We got out- another story for you to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the camps there uh, were actually more like the the low low security style camps. The, these Germans have already been prisoners of war for a while, and realized that they get treated better as a prisoner of war than they did by their own freaking army at the time. So they, you know they were fairly content with you know their life at the moment, and you know they volunteered for work duty and stuff to, because you. Know, we needed labor and hey, we got prisoners, you know, Americanism, let's do it. Um, but yeah, they, they would go out and they got sent to this particular town. This group of Germans actually got sent to this town specifically to go work in the beet fields around the air and around the area. Um, and the townsfolk, I mean, this camp was right on the edge of town. The townsfolk would actually walk over there and visit them, bring them snacks and, you know, you know, leave milk out for them when they come to their fields to work and stuff. They actually got to know each other. Um, you know, the hardline Nazis were kept in holes in the ground somewhere else. You know, you, you, the, I still haven't been able to find one of the camps where they actually held the, the true Nazis. Um, but well, that's yeah, because they, they hired them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, that camp was Area Fifty One, apparently. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, 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 that was the the type of folks we had. They, they realized that the war was you know over for them and. Hey, the war was over to begin with. Uh, yeah, for real at this time, they were just waiting to go home. That, that was it. Doing what they needed to do to make life easy on themselves and go home. Yeah. Um, some of them didn't get to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So he's out drinking and he ends up like stopping to flirt with this waitress and he's trying to impress her. He's like, something exciting's going to happen tonight. And then he's got to go back to guard duty. Um, Somebody said something in one of these conversations about him handing an autograph picture to her. <laughs> I didn't see. I, I couldn't find anything to collaborate that. But yeah, one of these one of these uh, discussions I was seeing on YouTube, they, they said something like that, and I was like, "Oh damn, this motherfucker got balls." He's like, "I'm going to be somebody." <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to this; you'll be able to sell it for two fifty here in a little bit. <laughs> Take your hat off, son. That's a dollar bill. Um, so he goes after the midnight change of the guard. He, uh, he kind of just waits for the people who he took the guy he took over for to go to bed. And then he finds a, there's a guard tower up near the officers. And he had like, there was like a machine gun mounted at the guard tower, a, uh, or a 30 caliber M, M- 1917 Browning. Oh yeah. And, uh, he opened fire on the tents of. Sleeping Germans, moving the gun back and forth. It forty tenths. Um <laughs> and they they he, he did this all with three trigger pulls. Uh the firing lasted fifteen seconds and he fired two hundred and fifty rounds of ammunition. And when they <laughs> while he was doing it, he was they, they said that he was yelling, Get some get me some more ammo, I'm not done yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like it was cool. Like this is the good Really good idea. <laughs> uh, Why aren't you guys helping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he got ordered down from the tower by the colonel, or the lieutenant. Sorry, the lieutenant. And he's like, uh, "No, no, I'm not coming out the closet." Uh, he said some of them German. <laughs> so he got a guard sent up to bring him down, and then he he didn't resist really. After he was drunk as shit. They should have said something about that before he even came on the watch. Like he's he's drunk. <laughs> like my he, he he was not found to be intoxicated when they uh they did his little report. Yeah, during his arrest, he was not found to be intoxicated, but he had to have been drunk when he got there. I mean, because he had left from that. I mean, he stopped to get a cup of coffee from the waitress, but that shit don't really sober you up. It just gives you energy. But it, I'd say if you needed a little bit of liquid courage, you're probably legally intoxicated, but you probably wouldn't go to the point where you're too drunk to actually do what you're planning on carrying out. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's right there in that butter zone. Um, he killed six of the Germans right, right out in the front. Uh, two of them later died in the hospital, one of them in the Army hospital, and he wounded 19 of them. Um, apparently there was 150 bullets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 250 rounds. Wasn't enough room in the hospital, apparently, which kind of, I found that kind of weird because it must have been like a really small hospital. I'm thinking it must have been like the, the hospital tents you see on MASH because if there wasn't enough room in the hospital and there was only like, you know, they, they weren't in a, it shouldn't have been in Utah. People. What the fuck is going to go wrong? Yeah. There's, <laughs> you want to fucking trip on a rock, sprain your ankle? Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're in, this wasn't the army hospital one died in the army hospital it's the salinas hospital that was overcrowded so they were treated on the hospital one of them was cut in half and he managed to quote um, unquote 
Yeah. Nearly cut yeah, in half. Nearly quit. Now, I don't know how to take that because, you know, you could say this guy was nearly cut in half and, you know, be like, you know, damn, the guy was actually nearly cut in half. Or you could be saying that it, you know, it, damn, it nearly cut him in half, kind of like, you know, somebody recently says that a nine millimeter blows the lung out of the body. You know? Yeah. Um, well, that, that would take some doing. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> They also said that, quote, blood flowed out the front door of the hospital. Now, again, what kind of hospital is this? Yeah. I don't, I mean, they they got me picture in my head something like The Shining, like the, you know, you open the doors and blood's just pouring out off of these 19 people. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and another cool, cool thing is that when he was arrested by the military police, they held him there. At the at that camp, but and some of the guards had to be on watch to see if like the Germans would try and like shank him in the prison yard, but it, it nothing happened. Yeah, no, no, they <laughs> he didn't. They probably didn't want to get shot again. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I said they had already lost their fight. <laughs> they, yeah, they were just trying to go home. <laughs> That's all they wanted to do. Um, yeah, the sucky part is is they they were they were well not. The, Second part is, is while they were buried with honors, they they didn't have a flag to be put onto their caskets because um, Germany just lost the war, and therefore uh, they had no national flag because the Nazi flag had been banned. Oh, yeah, I I, I didn't see that. So, yeah, they were buried full military honors. I did and, see that with wreaths, but they did not have a they didn't have a flag to be draped over their casket. Unfortunately, they simply didn't have one. And yeah, like uh, he went under a mental ins- uh, observation. Uh, he he admitted that he had killed, had, had done it. Never really denied it, which had been kind of ridiculous if he had tried to. Yeah, that he just didn't like Germans. No. At, at the time, there was a lot of people. I bet in America at the time, I know for a fact. Actually, there were a lot of people that also didn't like Germans. And there were a lot of people who signed up to either go kill Krauts or go kill Japs. You know, that's what a lot of people who joined the military back then did it for. To go kill. Yeah, the the you we're, we're talking about right, yeah, two months after V V E Day. Yeah, people so, like, yeah, the, people the feeling still is still angry. strong. Yeah. Had it happened a few months earlier they everybody would have probably been like, eh, whatever. And it had never been mentioned. And it was, and because of that, I think, like, I think the people in the town were a little upset, but nationwide, it didn't really make a big splash like you would expect. At least not like the shootings, you know, uh, that we have today. Um, it, it really didn't make that big a splash. It was like, oh, okay, well, big deal. Yeah, right. Um, the, shoot. Um, he had already faced two court martials. You know, one of them while he was on his tour of England, and another one that they didn't give a date for in anything that I had seen. Um, they, he had professed his hate for Germans so much that, you know, if it was today, you know, he'd have never been accepted, you know, to push a mop in the army, let alone be on guard duty, even at home. So, I mean, you got to think the times, why all these, you know, uh, warning signs were missed but yeah looking back at it you know somebody should have seen something and you know never put him in a position to have a gun 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he should have actually already been kicked out of the military. Right. No. <laughs> he had several. He had already mental... been in three different times for a mental evaluation, two yeah. court martials, and he's still in the army. I mean, even he's still a private, still, but you know, he's still enlisted. What? Yeah, you know. I mean, they. I guess they brought him back home and put him in Utah. You know, how much trouble can you get in there? You know. It's, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, hold my beer moment. <laughs> yeah, so he he should have never been there. Um, and I I I find this particular one like kind of interesting, as it's if you look at like the list of the rampage killings, but not yeah they go way back into the eighteen hundreds. But you know, so it's not as re- I honestly thought it was a much more recent phenomenon. But when I was looking at this, is the first one that I found. That looks like what we see today. Um, it, it you could like uh, compare it with uh, what's that guy from South Carolina? Fuck, one that went into the church. You know who I'm talking about. I know the incident, but I do not know uh, the name. Jesus, now he's gonna. We're gonna have to do one on him too. But ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember his name. I keep wanting to say Dylan Roof, but no, that's that's not him. That's the other. That's another guy. <laughs> uh. Actually, yeah, it might be Dylan, because, ah, damn it, I feel like a piece of shit, because it's just slipping my mind right now, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a hate-based thing, was, you know, more or less a hate crime massacre, and, but that's, if we had to compare it to one today, that's the closest yeah, one. Dylan Roof. Find. Okay. There's Dylan Roof, 2015, was, Charleston, I, South Carolina. Yeah, I was mixing him up with the guy, with one of the guys from Columbine. Think in my head that Eric Klebold and Dylan something. I was thinking when I was thinking Dylan Roof, thinking it was that, that was him. Okay, but yeah, um, and he ended up. Let's see, he he ended up. What did they do to him? They uh, you know, they, they he went to prison. Um. No, he did not. Didn't? No, you're right. You're right. He didn't. He no, was hospitalized for an undisclosed. One of, one of his, yeah, one of his, uh, um, 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 his generals or commanders, whatever. I can't remember the rank. Uh, wanted him to stay in trial. Uh, That's another right. Court That's right. Yep. Um, but they said that he wasn't fit to tell whether or not he was mentally capable of standing trial. And his position was, you know, well, a man is sane until he's proven otherwise. Um, so let's and, try him. And, you know, yeah. the state couldn't prosecute him because it was military. It was a military installation, and there was no cr- crimes committed against persons belonging to the Owens, state of Utah. Owens, that's his name. Captain Wayne Owens is the one that wanted to, to try him. Um, but, yeah, everybody else was like, nah, he, he's not yeah, he, so he was They, the they one put him into a hospital, a... and he was found to be uh, mentally unbalanced, and he was hospitalized. And for an undeterminate amount of time, I did hear two of the, uh, let's, let's call them documentary kind of style videos I was watching, say that he got out sometime in about 1965 and then died in 69. So he, he, he was he just, locked up, but yeah, in a but hospital. Not really. Yeah, how bad, how bad can that be? Yeah. Well, I don't know. How bad were mental hospitals back then? Well, There's a that's reason true. we don't use them anymore. <laughs> um. Yeah, Owens was the one. He, he said that the man it was a deliberate, calculated act of murder, and I have to agree with him. 
You know, I mean, I also oh, yeah. I believe that the man was also insane, but uh, I agree that it was definitely deliberate kick. His something something interesting is going to happen tonight. Here's my headshot. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it well, was, yeah. To me, anybody that flips that switch and says, you know, I'm going on a rampage today, yeah, they're they're not mentally on the straight and narrow. Yeah. But if you still have your faculties to you know find remember where you're at and how to freaking handle a, a, a machine gun and you know wait for the ex the perfect time to start doing it, yeah, yeah, you you got enough faculties to, to stand responsible for it. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time he was yeah the thing of his response like hey get me some more ammo I'm not done yet you know uh, that that shows that he clearly wasn't thinking that what he was doing. You know, was was as bad as what it was, but he had to have known on some level. There's just no way, <laughs> no way. Well, that's the first one we're going to talk about today, guys. Uh, the second one happened in 1965. Yep, 65. There, there really wasn't a lot of notes to take on this guy. He was a little old 16-year-old Matthew Andrew Clark. For some reason, got a little hair up his butt, decided to steal his daddy's rifle, a whole bunch of ammunition from a locked gun safe. Now, that will come in a little bit. A locked gun safe well, in the 60s. Me, you mean to tell me that a locked gun safe, a locked gun, didn't, didn't prevent this type of massacre? Oh, yeah, 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 man. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're dangerous, bro. They're, them saves, you know, get up and do some crazy stuff when you're hey, looking from somebody who's tried to break into a gun safe. I can tell you, it's not an easy task. He had to have known the combination. Yeah, safes aren't, aren't very easy to get into, you know, usually. Oh, some of them, but yeah, not a little tiny, <laughs> those little tiny, yeah. You know, hey, here, here's a fireproof document box. You know, yeah, you might as well yeah. not even lock it. Just, just make sure it closes. Right, right. <laughs> Same thing. Um, but yeah, this guy he stole he stole a rifle. It happened to be a, a Mauser, so we're talking about a good sniper rifle. You know, our last oh, yeah. gentleman had, was using a, a military grade assault weapon. An actual military grade assault weapon. And I want to back up just a second on that one. The guy had two hundred and fifty rounds in a military grade, fully automatic assault weapon. You don't get no bigger battered uh, he, and he did. He shot all 250 of those rounds within 15 seconds. Yes. He hit 30 out of 45 tents that were less than 50 yards away. And he wounded 20, wounded or killed 29 people out of a potential 250 wounds. Um, he barely cleared 10% with <laughs> the baddest freaking weapon he could have had in his hand at the time. Well, I he could have had a Hank. <laughs> Just saying, man. He could have had two <laughs> magazines for his little pistol and walked in there and probably done a better job than he did you know, with that freaking machine gun. That's, that's the thing that's going to come up a few times in these shootings. It's like, times, and, you know, and it's lucky for the, the victims that would have been, I suppose. You know what I mean? You know, thank goodness, I guess, for that. But Yeah, they survived. And it's, it's a whole lot yeah, better than what it should have been. And that's, and that's my thing with a lot of these. It's like, how are they such horrible shots? Now, there's one we'll get into on our next little mini-sode that was not a horrible shot. This motherfucker was a train master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, this dude was, he was, he, he, he had that shit down. But we're not even there yet. So this is April 24th, 1965, Michael Clark uh, in Long Beach, California. 
uh, he stole his parents' car too. Did you did you mention yep. that? <laughs> no, I didn't get to that one yet. Before I had to back up, I remember something. There, but yeah, yeah, he stole the car too. It's a little little thief, man. <laughs> little sneak thief. Um, and uh, so yeah, Sunday morning, he uh, he climbs to the top of this hill overlooking Highway Nine, uh, Highway One Hundred One near Orcutt, California. Right as the sun's coming up, he starts shooting. Um, he killed two people. Uh, six more were wounded as the shooting continued for hours. Um, as when the cops got there, they rushed the hill. He committed suicide. Uh, a five-year-old boy wounded in the head died a day later, bringing the total for three for the rampage. And, uh, the first two were responding to the car that was supposedly stranded because it had been hit earlier. Yeah, yeah, he, it, they, like, he didn't, I think the only person that was in a car that he killed was the five-year-old boy. Um, yeah. He injured, he injured others, uh, he injured ten. You know, but he only, and there was four deaths, including him. So. Yeah. But yeah, they were, they were like, just trying to, the, the two, the two men killed at the scene were trying to help people who were trapped. And, and you know, this little peon didn't even leave any kind of hint as to why he would do something like that. There, there's no mentions from anybody that you know. Oh, we've seen this coming. This, this really looks like this kid woke up one day, was told you know he didn't clean his room or something, and was told that he couldn't go fucking out to the prom or something like that, and just decided, oh yeah, I'll show you, and went and did this stupid shit. So, um. There's, this story actually reminded me of something, and I bet you it's where he got the idea. Uh, Stephen King, he wrote uh, Apt Pupil, right? And the movie Apt Pupil ends a little bit differently from the book. Um, the movie Apt Pupil, it just ends with uh, Todd, the, the boy in the school, in the thing being, being a psycho. But the, the overall concept is he finds this Nazi war criminal living as like this retired old man in his neighborhood. And he blackmails this war criminal, um, you know, threatening to turn him into the Mossad if he doesn't give him, he just wants stories. He wants to hear the stories. Because this guy was like a, a higher up at one of the death camps, right? So he, the, the man starts telling the boy these stories, and it, it wakes something up in the old man, and it also, like, brings something to life in the boy. And that's basically, like, this psycho killer thing. They start both, like independently of each other like killing homeless men and and people they find and whatnot and uh the end of the book uh the boy todd he uh steals his father's rifle and goes up to a hill overlooking a highway and starts shooting and basically the last lines of the book are something to the effect of the police took him down several hours later and yeah, it was it, to me. It's a very. Oh, I had read everything from Stephen King, and I do not remember that. Um, so it was in it up. was in his uh, uh, Four Seasons, or different now different seasons book. It's the one that had uh, Charles Shank Redemption in it. It the same book had um, uh, the movie that got made into Stand by Me. Uh, it's called The Body, and then there was Apt Pupil. Um, hmm. yeah, it's, look that up. it's one of his short story collections. Four books in it. But yeah, and I mean he's still putting out books, dude. He just and dude, if you like Stephen King, check out his son Joe Hill. 
piss that shit is fucking he's got a show on amc nosferatu nos for a2 yeah I've, I've seen it it's it's fucking dope and uh he also there's a they just came out with a movie with ethan hawking at black phone that's uh from a joe hill book and they're doing one now called the fireman which is like there's this weird i, I read i well I listened to the audiobook of it there's this like uh fungal infection that like kind of turn makes people um like spontaneously combust and it like it's super infectious and whatnot and uh, there's like a group of people that kind of learn how to control it they can use it as like weapons and stuff it's actually really fucking he he has his father's like uh gift of storytelling but not his father's curse of bloat of wanting to write a bible every time he writes a book uh, <laughs> he he paints a picture just as good he as needs more drugs King. <laughs> yeah he doesn't have enough cocaine that seems <laughs> but uh yeah he actually his name's actually joe king but he changed it to joe hill until you know for like his pen name because he didn't want his yeah, initial yeah, yeah. success to be on who his father was which yeah, is ironic because I, I, probably... I only read his books because of who his father was <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that was totally off topic. But uh, it reminded me. Well, totally I'm back on it. I've got something here that I'm just noticing. Uh, another little off color comment about the uh, the shooter here. Um, they had a lot of ammunition. I mean, you, they say a large quantity. Yeah. Um, it, four people, including himself. So he killed three others and injured ten. So thirteen. You know, com, you know, total wounds here. Um, you know, there were more people injured by glass flying around than yeah. were actually killed by um, the, the shooter here. And uh, we're talking about a high-powered sniper rifle, folks, with a scope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was—he was—he didn't have a lot of—he wasn't very good at hitting moving targets, I suppose. And I always uh, thought, yeah, people. I always thought, you know, that'd be a good way to do it. But having read this guy's story, I'm like, well, not. And just see what happened to the parents, dude. That to me, that that was some fucked up. Yeah, um, being sued by yeah know, for negligence. And yeah, they were found. Uh, they were found to be. They were the case was decided in their favor, and uh, they it was held upheld on appeal. But the appeals court did find negligence on part of the father for not having adequately securing the weapons. I thought they were in a fucking safe. Like, yeah, they were in a locked <laughs> safe. That that's that's why I said pay attention to that line, folks. They got sued and found guilty for negligence for not having them secured. But they were in a safe. Um, but they did not on the other part that I actually agree with for the failure of the Clarks to train, control, and supervise their son. They they did fail on that. Um but then again, sometimes like you, know, you don't Sometimes you don't know, and we, there's not a lot of information about this kid, and I really wish there was, because it seems like just just one day he just snapped like that. You know? well, well, on the dark side of this, the reason that I would absolutely agree, not only because you know he, he went and did something wrong and who knows why, but if he were trained and taught to control, then he, yeah, he might have actually hit his mark a few I was getting ready to say if he was trained and more controlled he would have been a more effective killer and he was not I would still be wondering why and you're know, worrying about the whole why thing which is the more important part yes people died and that is a sad thing 
they do it a lot more often than we like to even admit. <clears throat> um, but yeah, anytime it's taken, yeah, that that's definitely a bad thing. But you know, when you got to look at it from both sides, uh, even the ugly side that you really don't want to look at, and that is the fact that yes, if you're going to have freaking weapons around, people need to learn how to use them. Um, and yes, this would have been worse had he done it, but the reason behind it is still the main topic, not that, you know, how many it was, you know, how he got the weapon, all that stuff is side, sidebarred. Um, it's why these people do this stuff. So what is this kind of kid's motive? What could drive a 16-year-old kid to want to get up on top of a freaking hilltop and start shooting at people? It had to be the video games and the Marilyn Manson music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely had to be, you know, the video games in 1965. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you could play Doom then. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it, it it was clearly Marilyn Manson. Well, in 1965, think. wasn't there exactly like two video games in the world? <laughs> and neither one of them were for public. MIT made one, and some rocket scientist somewhere had another. I think another they one. had a chess computer. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the very time. beginning of Pong, I think, was about that time. Uh, I think actually it was way before. But, you know, sometimes I got Pong has sent me into a couple of murderous rages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you got to play it on a freaking oscilloscope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks, Google it. I'm not trying to tell you what that is. I just did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, so like, yeah. if we were if, to compare him to one of the newer ones, he kind of reminds me more of like a a slack ass Vegas shooter. You know, like yeah, I'm just gonna go shoot in the general direction. Yeah, no I don't clear, even fucking care. No, no clear motive, no clear targets. Just, just I'm gonna shoot. You know, and he didn't even have like a shitty country singer he could have shot at, like the guy in Big. Right. I'm sure I'm going to get all kinds of hate mail from the Jason Aldean, Aldean fans, but I'll say it to his face. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, still have to say that's another horrible shot. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, spray and spray into a crap. Come on, man. You know, you fire off one aim shot and then you wait for them to off crowd at the door. Exactly. It's an L formation. You shoot over here and everybody's going to run over here. It's uh, what Eric Rudolph did, you know, with his bomb. He'd set a bomb off and get all the first responders to come. And while they were milling around the scenes nearby in like their staging area, he had a bomb already planted where he thought their staging area. Yeah, and that's, but no, this guy, he just. Yeah, fuck it. Was it just an elaborate suicide? I mean, there was no mention in it. We, we really don't know. Like, they, there, there's not a lot of information on this. A stark contrast to the way it is today. You know, by within 10 minutes of this happening today, you got 50 news channels all dissecting it. You got politicians already trying to trying to make it as, yeah, a talking point. You know, and... And hell, here this one is. It's like there's there's nothing on it. We have more information about the the Nazi one because of you know where it happened. It was a military installation. They're, they keep notes on everything, and it wasn't alien related, so they decided to release it to the public. Yeah, on this one, we're lucky to have a page with the damn names on it. 
Yeah, man. I've written longer love letters. Yeah, <laughs> me too, and I don't write. <laughs> and like I, I tried. This is another one I tried. I found even less of documentaries about this one than I did with uh, uh, the Utah one. It was like there's just nobody's talking about it. And so here we are, guys. We'd be the first to uh, make any kind of podcast or documentary about the Highway 101 Sniper, and we've given you all the information there is. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, some of it is actually extrapolated, because <laughs> yeah, you, nobody knows exactly why he did it. So you know, we come up with a, a, a possible, you know, maybe he got punished, maybe just you know, his girlfriend broke up with him. Who knows? It was like nobody has and, like, said a word. Well, if it was just like Butters, you know, Professor Chaos or whatever, he just got grounded too many times. Yep. <laughs> oh. Well, guys, that's that's it for the minisode. Um, we uh, we we hit two of our of our of the earliest shooters. Uh, tune in our next next our next one, and we'll be talking about probably do a full uh, minisode on him, uh, Charles Whitman, the Texas University Tower Sniper. Yeah, that one's going to be fun. The first, a lot of people call it like the first mass shooting, although I found out that's not true, but it was the first one that had the coverage, it was the first one on that scale, and uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, it's going to be, there's been songs about it, um, there's been movies about it, uh, so yeah, we're going to have some fun talking about Charles Whitman and his, uh, his, his day on the tower. Time, guys. You know, follow us on uh, Patreon. Subscribe. We have a tier there with the uh, bonus content, shout outs. Uh, we're going to be doing live streams here pretty soon. We're going to have that on the next tier. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on uh, Spotify. You can find us. I do all these things now. Oh yeah, uh, find us on Audible. You can find us on Amazon Music. Uh, we're on Acast. Um, and, uh, we're going to be on YouTube with this one. So, yay! Absolutely, folks, and, uh, we will definitely be allowing, uh, early access to the videos. You'll find them on Patreon before they hit YouTube, so make sure to, uh, get in there and check them out, folks. Guys, well, until next time, uh, we fuck around and find out.